Good evening and welcome to New Hope Church Online. What a worship session. Can we thank our worship team for that awesome worship unto the Lord? You know, especially like in the middle of the week when we're, you know, going through our work week, we're almost to Sunday, we're almost to the weekend, and we can come together on a Wednesday evening in the middle of it all and worship our God and hear a powerful word. So I'm so thankful that we get to do that together. And so as we get ready for our tithes and our offerings, um, I came across this scripture and it's 2 Corinthians, Corinthians 9, 7. And it says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know, when um, there's times where I remember when I first started to really tithe, I wasn't sure, you know, if I could do the 10%. So I used to just ask God. I mean, we pray about everything, right? We pray for our kids. We pray for everything, for our health. So why wouldn't we pray over our tithes and our offering to him? You know, let's not wait for somebody else to pray for it or for the person on stage to pray for it. I'm going to do that myself. And so I started doing that. And I just would ask, Lord, just show me and help me to give. I want to I want to give with all my heart. I'm not sure how much I can give, but just show me. And he would answer and he would he would lead me to a, a feeling of, oh, okay, I'll give this much. I'll give this much. Because when you give with your heart and when you let the Holy Spirit and you let God guide you, you can't go wrong. So let's pray tonight over our tithes and offerings and um, let's search our hearts and let him show us what to do. Okay? All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for um, the spirit of giving, how you give, Lord. You gave first so that we could live, so that we could have. You're the provider, and we trust you with our finances. We trust you with our, our very lives, Lord. We trust you with our families. So, Father, show us, show us in the spirit of giving what we can do to partner with you in this time of giving, Lord. We thank you and we honor you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. And yes, there are four ways to give. So you can mail, you can do online, things like that, because we have tried to make it um, as easy as possible to partner with the Lord. So tonight we have a wonderful message being spoken by Pastor Ben. And he is going to be talking about running on empty, talking about middle of the week and work day and all that stuff, right? So please welcome up Pastor Ben Urbanozo. Thank you, Pastor Kat. Woo! You know, it's so crazy that we're talking about running on empty. And uh, a couple of months ago, uh, Katie and I were driving. Katie's my wife. And so we wanted to go gallivanting. And so we're in our van. And so we decided, hey, let's just go driving Hamakua Coast. And so uh, it was like a spur of the moment thing. So we got in our van. We just started driving. We started driving past the singing bridge. And then uh, I told her, you know, because uh, my family, my dad's side of the family comes from Lapaihoi. And so I said, let's go to Lapaihoi. Let's go to Lapaihoi. And then we can go to maybe Waimea, uh, Honaka, you know, even maybe go Waikoloa. And so we're driving. And so we pass singing bridge. We pass, I think we make our way pretty much uh, past Pepekeo and all this and that. And then Katie starts laughing, and I'm like, why are you laughing? And she says, look at how much gas we have. And so in our van, we have, the, we have a, a 
screen that says how many miles we have until we run out of, we run out of gas. And it said 20 miles. And so I started laughing because we actually went, we were pretty, I don't know exactly where we were, but we were pretty much in a place where it was, we don't know if we have enough gas to go back to Hilo and fill up. And we don't know if we have enough gas to get to where we want to go. And so we just, I remember we were just driving and we are just praying because we were like, this is going to be funny. This is going to be an awesome message illustration if we run out of gas in our van. And thanks be to God, we made it to Lapuehoa. I think she just coasted down when we made the first horseshoe. She just threw in a neutral and just made her way because she was driving. And also, Katie driving, way much more fuel efficient than me because I have a lead foot. But here's the thing. It was a scary moment because I was thinking, what's going to happen if we end up running on, like, what, what happens if the fuel runs out and we end up on the side of the road and we stuck in, for many of us, we know that Hamakua doesn't always have the best reception sit on, on, our, on our smartphones and cell phones. And so thankfully, though, we made it. We got to the minute stop in Lapahoe and we're able to fill up and we're just laughing about it. But the truth is, we don't like it when things are running on empty, do we? I mean, think about it. If our cars are running on empty, we might not get to the destination that we want to go. If our bank accounts are running on empty, then we may not be able to pay for the things we need, like bills or food or even the things that we want. Now, if our stomachs, if our stomachs are running on empty, then there's a good chance that we will become hangry, which is hungry and angry. And I know some of you, you have this problem. When, you're, when your uh, stomach is growling, you turn into a whole nother monster. Why? Because your stomach is running on empty. In fact, I know some people that are like that. Uh, here, you know who you are. So, and if you become hangry, the truth is nobody wants to be around you. In fact, what they're going to do is they're going to run and grab a, grab a candy bar and give it to you because you're not you when you're hangry. And you know, the truth is that it's even worse when it comes to our heart and soul. See, when our heart and soul begins to run on empty, it affects our entire life. Our relationship with God our relationship with others, and even our own personal well-being are altered and changed when our hearts and souls are running on empty. I don't know about you, but this past season, there's been many times where I found myself running on empty. These last 17 months haven't been the easiest for many of us. Some of you, your, your parents, like me and, and Katie, and you have kids, and school was a complete different. Some of you have uh, had students who graduated last year and they couldn't even have a regular graduation. Some of you got, were pregnant and you had babies. Some of you got married, and, but you couldn't have it the way you wanted. Some of us, we went through uh, sickness or our loved one got sick. And some of us, we even experienced loss. I think in the last 17 months, what we've seen is that there's been many of us that we were running on empty. And that might be you right now. I, can I be honest with you? That, that was me, and that's still me. I still find myself running on empty. But I want to encourage us tonight. 
I really do. I want to encourage us tonight. I want us to be authentic with ourselves. You don't have to worry about anybody else. I want us to be real with ourselves. I want us to look at the, look at the mirror and say, tonight, I want to I be real with who, what's going on in me right now. Because maybe that's you. Maybe you are running on empty. Maybe life has just been going at it at mock speed and you, you're becoming aware of the wear and tear that's taking in your heart and soul. Or maybe you don't see it, but you feel it. You feel it. And so do the other people around you. See, in this last 17 months, I, I've learned that the people that will experience me running, the fumes of me running on empty is not just myself, but it's people around me, including my family and my friends. But, but I also want to let you know on this, that there is beauty in emptiness. There is beauty in emptiness. It is, in fact, it is when we are running on empty that God actually calls us to run with See, there are blessings that God has for us in the emptiness of our hearts and souls. So if you're there tonight, or if you know somebody that's there, I want to, let this encourage you. Because tonight, we are going to discover how we can run the race God has for our lives, even when we are running on empty. And so if you're taking notes, the first point is this. The first point is, empty my heart. We gotta empty our hearts. Now, I like uh, even before. I mean, even now during the the pandemic, the COVID season that we've been in, uh, Katie and I always like to go to restaurants. We love to sit down and and when you have a tribe like us with five kids, it's it's kind of insane. But there's a certain kind of restaurants that I like, and one of them is this. I love restaurants that do free re- refills, like. I don't like, I'm sorry, I'm going to be honest, but I don't like it restaurants that you got to pay for a refill, let alone the, the full price. I love it when you can go to a restaurant and you can just drink soda or juice and they'll just keep coming and coming. In fact, there's a restaurant that we go to and uh, uh, we always take our kids there. Some of you guys know where this is. And uh, I love it because they give us free refills. They give free refills. And so here's the thing I noticed though. The waitresses, they're smart they'll look and see if you still have soda or juice in your cup. And if you, if you do, they don't even ask you if you want anymore because you have a full cup of whatever you're drinking. But if you're empty, that's when they see it and say, oh, would you like, would you like a refill? Would you like a refill? Would you like a refill? And I love, I love that. Like, that's one of the, like the, one of the things that I, I love about restaurants is those kind of restaurants are the ones that I normally go to. It's the ones that they refill your drink. And you know, there's a, there's a story in the Bible, and it's found in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 7, and it says like this, the wife of a man is from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Now, Elisha was a prophet of the Lord, and said, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Now, hear this part. Your servant has nothing there at all, except 
a small jar of olive oil. So Elisha said, go around and ask all the neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. And so she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. You see, it is only in the empty vessels, in these empty jars, that the oil could be filled. And in the same way, our hearts can only be filled if we first empty it. You see, many times we'll think, no, but our, my heart is empty. That's why I feel like I'm running on empty. So, so I, I must be empty, Lord. So, so come, Lord, fill me, fill me. But the truth is, is it really empty? See, this is where we must take an inventory of what's in our heart because it may not be as empty as you think. Now, for those of you who have kids and babies, uh, there's this, there's this uh, for, for those of you who don't know, Katie and I have five kids. The last two are twins, and, so, and they're going to make two next month. And what's so amazing is that we, have, we had three kids before that, but we never had to endure two kids at one time. And let me tell you, there's one thing that always multiplies with kids. It's diapers. Now, if you have babies or if you have kids, there's this, there's this amazing uh, tool called the Diaper Genie. Okay, and what it basically is, it's a really cool trash can. You put, the, you put this, uh, this liner inside, and so you can tie it at the end, and then you just keep throwing diapers inside, keep throwing diapers inside, and then you can take it out, cut it, wrap it up, throw it in the trash can. Because it's a special liner, it doesn't smell. The, sm the odor of the diapers don't go out. And so uh, we have one of those. We had one of those ever since we had Caitlin eight years ago. And so a couple months ago, actually, I think a couple maybe weeks ago, uh, we were in our room, and that's where we keep the diaper genie, and that's where we always throw the diapers. But something happened that day. I got into, I walked into the room, and I was like, there's a smell in here. What is that smell? And I'm like, it, it, it's, it's not a pleasant aroma. It smells. And then I looked at our diaper genie. Now, here's the craziest part. The diaper genie was there. There was no, in fact, there was no diaper sticking out. It was on there. But let me tell you, sorry for eating dinner. Okay, I'm going to try to keep this as clean as I can. Okay? But I opened the diaper genie cover. And to my amazement, there was a diaper snake. And we went, what is a diaper snake? The liner was so full. When I grabbed it up, okay, when I grabbed the liner, it was full of diapers to the point where that thing was like an ulua. Okay? I kid you not. 
that thing looked like a boa constrictor. And if you're wondering, ah, that's small. No, no, no. Let me explain to you how, how big this diaper snake, this diaper boa constrictor was. It was taller than me. Yeah? But it was in a container that high, that, that big, that tall. But it contained a diaper snake taller than me. And I'm 5'11". See, that's crazy. And I was like, no, what is this? Oh, my goodness. I, 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 I sent a picture to Katie. I was like, babe, look what is in that diaper genie one, diaper snake. Good thing never suffocate me. You see, it's, it's interesting because you can think you're empty when reality is you're not. See, things like bitterness, resentment, anger, fear, and doubts are all stinky diapers that we may not realize is taking up residence in our hearts. But for those, but those may not be the only things that are taking up space. For some, it's the things we've learned in our lives along the way. It's things we've gone through and experiences that we've, we've had in our lives. Believe it or not, even our trophies, yep, you heard me right, even our trophies, even our accomplishments, even our victories can all take up space rent-free in our heart. See, the reality is you might actually be more filled than empty. I want to ask a question right now for those of you online. How many email do you have unread in your email account? See, a couple of months ago, I think I was in the midst of the pandemic, I, I got a notice in my email saying um, I, was, I was running out of space, that I was running out of space. And so I was like, how can I be running out of space? I mean, I don't get that many emails. And then I looked at how much was in my inbox. In my inbox, there was over 40,000 emails that I didn't read. Yeah. And when I looked at it, I was like, how do I have that many emails unread in my inbox? Of course I'm running out of space. And so I called our office administrator. I was like, can, we, can, can, you, can you get me more space? And this is what she told me. She said, nope. You have to empty it out. And so I actually started. I actually went down like the first uh, emails that I had in my inbox. And I'm like, okay, delete, delete. And it was getting tedious. Like I was like, man, I can't be doing this for 4,000 emails. I can't be going click, 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 delete. Click, 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 delete. I can't be doing that. So I made a decision. I, I said to myself, a lot of these emails are stuff that, you know, I subscribe to, such as, like, Christian websites, um, other, like, you know, online retailers and stuff like that. They're not important. If, they're, if they were important, then I should have opened it. And so what I did was I finally went, delete all unread. So if you sent me an email in the last couple of months and you're wondering why I never get back to you, that's why. If I never read them, sorry. But that's what I did. Because I realized that if it was really important, if it really meant something for me, I would have opened it already. You see, Second Timothy 2, verses 21 says it like this. 
Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. You see, the truth is that while we might not like being empty, Jesus loves it when we're empty. See, an empty heart is actually the beginning of a filled one. But we must be sure to empty our heart, not just of the things we don't want, but also what Jesus doesn't want for us. So this is the first reflection question. I know we normally save it to the end, but this is the first reflection question I have for you is this. What is your heart filled with? What is your heart filled with? Sorry, I think that's the wrong uh, reflection question, but if you're taking notes, you can write down what is your heart filled with? Because in Matthew 6, 21, Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, if my treasure is empty, then so will my heart be, no matter how much it may seem filled. See, Jesus is calling us to completely empty our hearts so that there can be room for him. And the second thing is this. <laughs> the second thing is this. Once we empty our hearts, we got to be filled with God's heart. That's the second thing is this. See, we got to be filled with God's heart. It may, see, when Jesus empties us, it is very, very simple, very, very easy for us to quickly be filled with other things. But we got to be filled with his. You see, it may seem easy to feel empty, but it's actually easier to fill that emptiness with things that are not of God. And sometimes we try to fill that empty space with things that seem substantial, but they're not sustaining. I love it every time. And Katie and I always joke that when we go to when we eat, if I end up eating a salad, I'm probably gonna be hungry two hours later. In fact, a couple of weeks ago we went out, I ordered a salad, and actually we made salad. We made we made this really cool salad that I enjoy them a lot. And uh, it's a it's called our it's called the Dorito salad. It's basically romaine lettuce. You take Doritos, you smash them up Sprinkle it on, on top of the, let, the romaine lettuce. There's this, uh, you can put cheese, and then you put this special dressing. And some of you guys know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> it's really good. It's one of my favorite salads, probably because it's not good for you. <laughs> and, and so I, I, I remember we, we, we made this salad, and I pounded it. I, I, took a, I took a plate, I ate, took another plate, ate. I must have eaten this salad like three times. And it was so funny because Katie's laughing because she's, she's going, I guarantee you, later on tonight, you're going to be hungry. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to be hungry. Like, I ate like three plates of salad. I'm going to be fine. Well, at 10 o'clock that night, I started looking in the refrigerator because I was hungry. Why? Because for me, salads do not sustain me no matter how much I eat of it. I can eat three salads and still not be full compared to one burger and be full. 
You see, there's a difference between what you're filled with. Is it substantial or is it sustainable? There's a story in the Bible in John 4, and it deals with Jesus. He had gone through Samaria, and so now he comes to a town, and it's in verses 4 to 14, and he comes to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. And when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, and did also his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered, everyone who thinks this water will be, everybody who, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. See, what I love about this experience is that the Samaritan woman, what I love about this experience that the Samaritan woman had with Jesus is how Jesus appears. You see, he appears empty-handed while she actually has the essential tools to draw water from the well. And yet, it is Jesus, the one who appears empty-handed, that is the actual one that's going to bring the fulfillment in her life. See, what, what well do you go to to be filled? For some of us, it's the television. For some of us, it's the bottle. For some of us, it's the computer. For some of us, it's our job. But here's the thing, it's out of the well that we're going to fill ourselves with. See, Jesus doesn't just want us to be filled. It's him that wants to do the filling. Why? Because you and I have a God-shaped hole in our hearts and souls. And oftentimes, we'll find ourselves at those different wells drawing water that will never quench the thirst in our hearts. And that's how we become addicted. That's how we pursue undesirable relationships and engage in unhealthy lifestyles. See, we allow the very things that fill us to actually leave us unfulfilled. Uh, I was just talking, I think, to Pastor Kat just, just this past uh, weekend, and we're talking about how growing up, I never liked water. Like, I never liked water. I, the water that I would drink would always be the water that's found in sodas and juice. I never liked water growing up as a kid. In fact, I remember an intermediate every single day, believe this or not, I used, to use, I used to take, I think sixth grade, I took three cans of juice every single day to school. 
that's what I would drink. I wouldn't drink water. Wouldn't drink water from the water fountain. Wouldn't, uh, there, there was, water bottles weren't such a big thing. So I would take three, uh, in fact, I didn't even know which kind of juice I used to take. I used to take three Aloha made apple green tea to intermediate in sixth grade. And then by the time I got to eighth grade, I took the whole six pack. And then when I got into high school, I started drinking juices and sodas. I remember there was one time where my mom told me, you have to stop drinking so much soda because I keep buying 12 packs and you keep drinking them every single day. And so I used to grow up not liking water. And so when I got older, uh, and then when I got married to Katie, Katie was like, you wait, you drink way too much sodas. You wait, you drink way too much sugary drinks. You need to drink more water. And it's crazy because I remember this one time where I think it was, we were done playing basketball and I was thirsty, so I drank a soda. And I was drinking it. I was just, I kept, I was, I was thirsty, I was thirsty. I kept drinking it. And finally, somebody said, Brian, you don't like just drink water. And so they gave me a bottle of water. And I drank the bottle of water and I was good. In fact, just a couple of days ago, I told Katie, I kinda, I'm starting to kind of feel lightheaded a little bit. I'm kind of feeling lightheaded, a little bit dizzy, uh, and it was because I was hot and all that. And she's like, did you drink water today? Um, well, I had an energy drink and I had on soda, had some juice. I had some water, but I put some juice in the water so it didn't taste like water. And she was like, yeah, you should probably drink water because I bet you that although you drank that much liquid, you're still dehydrated. You know, it's interesting. I can drink liquids and still be dehydrated. And in the same way, our hearts and souls can be filled but not be fulfilled. That's why it's so important to be filled with God's heart because Jesus not only wants us to be filled but to be fulfilled. Is an encounter a, a young man has with Jesus in Mark chapter 10, verses 17. And it says, As he went out into the street, a man came running up, greeted him with great reverence, and asked, Good teacher, and this is to Jesus, what must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said, Well, why are you calling me good? No one is good, only God. You know the commandments. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat, honor your father and mother. And this man said, Teacher, I have from my youth. I kept them all. Jesus looked him hard in the eye and loved him. He said, There's one thing left. Go sell whatever you own and give it to the poor. All your wealth will then be heavenly wealth. And come follow me. The man's face clouded over. This was the last thing he expected to hear. And he walked off with a heavy heart. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. See, the second reflection question for tonight is this. What are we holding on to that Jesus is saying to let go of? Because even when we feel empty, we are still holding on to something. And it may be that very emptiness that we find ourselves holding onto. And Jesus is saying, listen, I get it. 
you're going through a hard time. You're going through a storm in your life. Life is going at mock speed, not about to slow down with your family, your kids, your marriage, your workplace, your loved ones, your health, your finances, whatever it may be. And I see you, you're, you're, you're trying to keep up with that. You're trying to keep up with that. And, and what's happening is because you're, you're exerting yourself to try and keep up with that pace, that's why you're feeling the way you are. That's why you're running on empty. But, but listen, you're not running on empty alone. I'm right here running with you. All you have to do is let go and hold on to me. All you have to do is let, yeah, let go of the emptiness that you're feeling and watch as I fill it. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. What, 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 what else do I have? Let go of that. Let go, to, let go of that bitterness that you have. Let go of that anger. Let go of that, those fears. Let go of those doubts. What about this, though? What about my, what about my trophies? What about all the things that I, that I, I did that was great? I, I see it. But that, that doesn't matter to me. Your trophies, I'm not worried about them. Your accolades, you don't need that from me because I just want you. Yes, in the emptiness, in the brokenness, I, I just want you. You see, most of us have experienced this running on empty within our lifetime. And if you haven't, there may be a moment in your life where you'll find yourself there. And for some, perhaps that's where we find ourselves right now. Maybe you feel like you're all run out and there's nothing left. I want to share with you a story in the Bible and I'm going to kind of uh, summarize it. Let me ask you, do you know what Jesus' first miracle was in the Bible? Do you know what was the first miracle of Jesus? It's when Jesus turned water into wine. What's so amazing is that Jesus gets invited to this wedding and so he goes and it's filled with people. And what happens is, is that the wine that they were serving at this wedding runs out. And so Jesus' mother, Mary, says, Jesus, they run out all the wine. Can you do something? And Jesus is like, wait, I, I, I don't know if I, I don't, it's not my time yet. This is what he says. He tells the, servant, he tells the people that are over there, go get me those six jars, those six jugs that were used for ceremonial washing. Fill them with water all the way up to the top. And what was once water, Jesus turns into wine. But that's not even the most amazing part. See, the master of ceremonies comes up and he has a, he has a taste of this wine and, and he says, this is the best wine ever. Normally, when you go to a ceremony, you bring out the very best. And when it runs out, then you bring out the common or the mediocre or the not so good. But this, 
is even better than anything else. So you might be here watching this and you might be saying, Lord, I'm empty. I've run home. Why can't you do with that? I'm running on empty. And Jesus is saying, you ran out. You're empty. But I have the best for you. The best is still to come because of who I am. Jesus is the one that can take what's empty and make it beautiful. If you don't believe me, look at the tomb. Whatever emptiness we're feeling, whatever emptiness you're running on, Jesus says, I'm running with you. That might be you tonight. That might be you saying, Lord, I'm empty. Life has been going a million miles per hour. I don't know what to do. You may be thinking, I'm empty. What can you do with this empty space that's in my heart, that's in my soul? that's you tonight is a perfect night to ask Jesus to come again to empty your heart so that he can fill it with his and if that's you tonight I want to give you this opportunity we're going to do a new song and let this be a time where you speak to your Lord you speak to Jesus. You cry out to him if you got him. Wherever you may be, you're saying, Lord, I'll wait for you. And I'm going to open all that I am. And I'm going to take everything and empty my heart, empty my soul so that you can fill it.
ourselves to you. Lord, that you would empty us of anything and everything that is not honoring to you, that isn't of you. That, Lord, you would fill us with all that you are. Because this empty space, that's what you wanted all along. It's not a building you want to fill. It's my heart. This empty space is what you wanted all along. It's not a building you want to fill. It's my heart. This empty space is what you wanted all along. You sing that out. It's not a building you want to fill. It's my heart. This empty space. Is what you wanted all along. It's not a building you want to fill. It's my heart. This empty space is what you wanted all along. Oh, it's not a building you want to fill. It's my heart. It's my heart. This empty space is what you wanted all along. It's my heart, this empty space is what you wanted all along. Sing it out. It's not a building you want to fill. It's my heart, this empty space is what you wanted all along. It's not a building you want to fill. It's my You want it all along. It's what you want it all along. It's what you want it all along. Surrender to him. It's what you want it all along. 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 I'm what you want it all along. I'm what you want it all along. You 
empty. In love when I'm empty. Sing it out. In love when I'm empty. 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 Lord, you love us even when we're empty. Because in this empty space, that's what you wanted all along. It's us. Lord, there may be some of us right now that we're running on empty. But so long as we run with you, everything will be all right. Lord, I pray right now that there may be some of us who are going through this season and we've been running, we've been running and running and life has been hitting and hitting and now we're here empty. Lord, would you completely empty us so that we can be completely filled with you. There might be some of us that we've never received you in our lives us back to you right now. And if that's you, I want to give you this opportunity to receive Jesus into your life so that he can fill you because he is our Lord and Savior. So just repeat this prayer after me and just say with all that you are, Lord Jesus, I receive you tonight as my Lord and Savior. Empty me so that I can be filled with all of you. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again because you love me, because you want me. So Lord, have my life that your will be done in it, even in the empty spaces. I give it all to you in Jesus' name. Lord, that's our cry out to you right now. We cry out saying, come again. Fill us. This empty space, it all belongs to you. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Continue to lead us as we run with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, amen. Amen. If you made that decision to receive Jesus Christ, would you go ahead and tell somebody, go ahead and just write in the chat and say, I receive Jesus. There may be even a link that pops up saying, yes, you said yes to Jesus. Go ahead and click on that because it's the best decision of your life. But we're going to end this time just declaring that Jesus isn't in the business of filling buildings. He wants to fill you. So let him have that empty space because it's you he wants all along. All right? This empty space
thank you so much for joining us online. Be sure to join us every Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. as well as every Sunday morning at 7, 9, and 11 a.m. God bless everybody. Take care and aloha.